Well, hey, everybody, it's good to see you again. Yes. So if this feels like it's been like the longest week ever, but my, my to-do list was really long, so that's probably why. Okay, well, uh, I have, last week I said something, and, and it stuck out to me and Eric both, so I've retitled this message, I will take the time to renew my mind. Okay, so repeat that after me. I will take the time to renew my mind. All right, we're going to do a quick review. I, um, I don't have time to set up everything I did last week because I, I spent ample time on it. So if you were not here last week, uh, please go back and listen to the message. Um, it was all about our new nature, right? So recap, when I received Jesus as my Savior, I receive a new nature. My spirit comes alive I receive a new nature. My sinful nature died with Christ. Say, my sinful nature is dead. Okay, now, my new nature does not want to sin. Say that. My new nature does not want to sin. Now, I can still make a choice to sin, right? Because our mind needs renewed. We talked about that last week. Uh, Our spirit is born again. Our mind still remembers the sinful person that we were. Okay, so I talked about how if I sin, let's say I do sin, why have I done that? Right? We're we're trying to figure out what, what has caused me to do that. When you look in the New Testament and there are these... um scriptures about, I'll see, I'll skip that one for now. I'll come back to it actually. So when we see things like in Corinthians, the love, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So we, this is like a measuring guide, okay? It's like a map. When you read that in the word, you go, am I there? How, how far away am I from this? That's what we use this for. You know, I just read a story on Facebook and about this gal who was hiking like the Appalachian Trail and she ended up getting turned around. She was like 60 years old. She ended up getting turned around and she got off the trail because she was going to use the bathroom. She's by herself anyway and she dies. She died. This was like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago. And, and because she didn't know how to get back on the trail, okay? And so when you go back to, let's go, yeah, whoops right there, to Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what, the, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The will of God is the path that we're supposed to be on. And I won't know the path that I'm supposed to be on if my mind is not renewed. 
it takes mind renewal. So when I look at love and I compare myself and I go, what distance am I away? The woman who died, she was like 20 miles off, off the, um, the thing. Yeah, and you, you would think it would be like, you know, 20 miles, that's not long. Of course, it's long for walking. But for a search party, come on. They could have found her. <laughs> and, and, but she never, she, she died out there. And, and I just want to challenge us to say, listen, the enemy wants you dead, okay? If he can't kill you, he's going to make your mind s- distract you, get you off the path. He wants you worn out, beaten up, depressed, uh, stressed. He wants you bitter. He wants, he doesn't want you to forgive. He wants you lonely so that you will not get back on the track and the path that he has for you. That is his plan. But God has a different one because we have been given a new nature. We have a compass inside of us that will lead us back to the path that God has for us. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. He is our navigator. He shares with us our new nature doesn't want to sin. It doesn't want to be off the path. It doesn't like stepping in poop and leaves and all that stuff, right? So our new nature is there. It's in there. When we aren't operating in our new nature, it is because our soul, our mind needs renewed. It's as simple as that. Take the shame out of it. Don't, we talked about that last week. No shame, no blame, right? No shame, no blame. Say it. No shame, no blame, and no apathy. We're not allowing shame to get us. When we step over into that old dead nature, we resurrect that old dead man. We pick him up and we're like, come on, you know, we pick up that dead man and then the shame comes. We feel terrible for it because we've hurt people and, and, and we should not feel good about hurting people, but shame is a terrible motivator. You will never shame yourself into being a better person. You won't. So let it go. It's not doing you any favors. It's not, it's not helping you. Let it go. And you just go, okay, whoo, I just blew up at my husband. Okay. What am I believing? <laughs> I believe that he's an idiot. That's what it is. No. It's definitely it. My husband's amazing. He puts up with me, y'all. I am, I am something else to be in relationship with. Okay, so um, because all this stuff that I preach, I like work it out. Do you know? <laughs> I do. And so it's, it's like, I, so I have my moments of meltdowns and things so that I can go, wow, what just happened there? You know, and so that I can pull back and figure it out. So anyway, he gets to deal with that. It's super fun. <laughs> he loves it. He enjoys it a lot. Okay, all right, let me, let me make sure that I covered all this stuff. Okay, here's another measuring guide. We talked about this last week in Galatians. It's another one of those things where, where the Lord is telling us, Paul is telling us here that, hey, here's how you know the difference. Here's how you know when you are 
knowing and loving and walking in my new nature. And here's how you know when you've resurrected that dead man, when you've picked him up and you're, you're working on your old memories. Here's how you know your mind needs renewed. Galatians 5, 16 through 24. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. Eric's version two weeks ago talked about it was in, they're in conflict with one another. Remember that word conflict. We're going to talk about that. Our spirit is in conflict with our flesh. Our new nature is in conflict with our dead nature. And this is to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So now the works of the flesh. Now, he's listing them so that we know. Okay, this isn't condemning. This is like, hey, I just need you to know. Here's how you know when you've stepped over. Because, see, they're not under the law anymore. They don't have the list of laws. Well, how do you know how to be a good person? How do you know how to be a Christian, right? Here, right here. Here's how you know. Your new nature doesn't want to do these things. Your old nature remembers it. You're gonna, you might possibly cross over. Here's how you know you've crossed over, resurrected your dead man. <laughs> Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things of the li uh, like these. Now, how many weeks ago did you break that down? Three, four weeks ago? Two, three weeks ago when Eric brought, broke this down? Eric did an amazing job of breaking this down as to what these actually are. So go back in our archives and, and find those because it was so, so good. So I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He also addresses that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. My flesh is crucified. Say that. My flesh is crucified. Yes. So there's another measuring guide. Ooh, wow. So the, so the fruit of being in the spirit, the fruit of my new nature, my new nature is love, joy, peace, patience. That's another thing. You go, ooh, I'm not very patient. Uh, what am I believing? Yes. Okay. So I started to um, break down this tool for you last week. And this is my favorite tool, and I was talking to Michelle about it this week. I teach this thing all the time. I mean, all the time, and it's so versatile because I can use it in lots of different ways. Oh, can I get a helper? Yes, thank you. Um, and we were joking. We were like, man, how many times are you going to teach that tool? You know when I'm going to stop teaching this tool? When you guys do it. Put it into practice, and I will shut up about it. Okay? Okay. I'm going to make sure they can be seen. There we go. It's also on the board, but I just thought, uh, this helps me. It's my little whatever. I like color. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I am. So, and I'm going to um, quickly, because I talked about this last week again. We're still in, we're still in review, but um, I just have to do it quickly. So, the... This is uh, a tool that I picked up from Havilah Cunnington is actually where I got it. And so it breaks down like this. Circumstances lead to thoughts. Thoughts lead to actions. Feelings. Thank you. I was like, that ain't right. <laughs> Starting over. Circumstances lead to thoughts. Thoughts lead to feelings. Feelings lead to actions. 
and actions lead to results. Okay, the circumstance is the thing that happened. It's not your opinion about the thing that happened. It's the neutral version of the thing that happened. Okay, the thoughts are what you think about it. It's the stories you make up in your head. It's your opinion about what happened. It is the judgments that you make against people for what happened. Okay, your thoughts lead to your feelings. Okay, your circumstances don't lead to your feelings. Your thoughts lead to your feelings. Now, there are some circumstances that, like death, is instantly going to be sadness. Okay, so I understand that. I'm just saying for the most part, our thoughts are what create our negative feelings. So whatever we're thinking about is what creates our feelings. Our feelings are best described in one word. It's something like hopelessness, helplessness, fear, rejection, pain, things like that. It makes sense? Okay. Our feelings lead to our actions. Our actions are the things, that is, that is what we do, what we don't do. It's our behavior. And that's basically where we're going to focus today. Because this is where our sin nature comes out. Be, and then our actions lead to results. And then we deal with the consequences of our results. So for the example today, or the several examples, this is where we're going to spend most of our time, is just breaking down examples of how our action, do our actions line up with the word of God? Does it line up with those measuring guides that we talked about earlier? Does it line up with love? Are my actions, and if they're not, there's a problem. It's because I'm feeling a certain way about it, and I'm feeling a certain way because I'm thinking a certain way about it. Okay? And in order to change our actions, we have to change our thoughts. Because you can't control circumstances 90% of the time. So you have to change how you think about the circumstances, and that will change how you feel about the circumstances, and then that will change what you do about the circumstances, and then that will change your results. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, the, remember that the conflict, I have to say this, remember that the conflict is the evidence that the Holy Spirit is in you. So here's what happens typically is, is some, that conflict happens probably about right here, right? So something happens, you feel really, you know, the, I don't know, you will, oh, I'll do this one. I forgot I put this on here. This is the greatest. I found this again on Facebook. This is going to be the best example ever. Okay, here's what it says. I hate having a messy house. Not enough to actually clean it, but enough to give it a really disgusting stare from my seat on the couch. <laughs> now, love this. Okay, so what, are the cir what is the circumstance in this situation? Messy house. Now, we don't fully know what he or she thinks about it yet. That's not quite clear, right? How is she feeling about it? Disgust? Hate? Right? What are her actions? Or his? This could be a him. What are the actions? Nothing. Sitting there, giving it a disgusting stare. Those are my actions. What are the results? The house does not get cleaned. Now, we can assume some thoughts. What would be your thoughts about this? You come in, 
I never do this. Come in and the house is a mess. And you're like, this is my thought. This is my thought. What you been doing here for the five hours that I've been gone? (laughs) What happened? (laughs) It's fine. I'll just do it myself. And then here's, but here's what I'm thinking. You know, we we go into, um, nobody loves me. (laughs) Nobody cares enough. Everybody's so selfish. You know what, right? We start judging. We start thinking these thoughts, whatever it is. And then how does that make me feel? Stressed, angry, neglected, overwhelmed. And so in this case, overwhelmed is one of the the best uh, motivators for no motivation. It will just shut you down like, like nothing. Like instantly. So you, you're overwhelmed here in your feelings and, uh, well, I'm just going to sit here and give it a really dirty look. That's all I'm going to do. Mm. And then my house doesn't get cleaned. Okay. So that's how you break that down. So now let's, let me grab, let me do this quickly. Okay. Do what? Hire mate. That is genius. That is how you solve your problem. Because one of the things that I talk about later is on your trigger event. I, so I'm going to call this the trigger event. And I'm going to call this the like sin act of the flesh. So uh, one of the things that one of the recommendations is, is there any way that you can prevent that trigger event? And in that case, yes, I'm going to hire a house cleaner, you know, something like that. Delegate chores. Get a chore chart. I don't know. Communicate your expectation. That, that was like Holy Spirit right there. Okay. So, um, all right. So let's talk about, uh, last week we, we did the example of anger. This week I, I want to use uh, being harsh or being critical as an example of how to break this down. Um, now, first of all, I just want to kind of like throw this out there. So harsh would show up right here. I want to throw this out there. We typically aren't aware when we're being harsh. And so if somebody comes back at you and says, hey, that feels really harsh. It's probably not wise to go, I'm not being harsh. Because I'm telling you, you don't know you're being harsh. But somebody's trying to communicate how you feel, right? So in that moment is when you go, whew, okay, my actions are coming across harsh. What is going on? And so that's why we've got to go back to, um, we're going to ask ourselves, why, why is this happening? So let's, let's, let's use the term, it's, uh, I've responded to someone and I've been harsh or I've been critical about it. Okay, so you can use this tool in many different ways. You can, I'm actually going to bring my notes up here. Okay, Um, you can use it in many different ways because if you're harsh, sometimes there's a trigger event, most of the time there's a trigger event that happens or several trigger events that cause you to be grumpy and harsh. Would you agree? It's not, it's usually just not out of nowhere. There's usually something going on, but sometimes we don't even know. 
We don't really even know what our trigger event is. I don't know what upset me, you know? So it's a good idea to really, we've got to sort this stuff out and we've got to go, okay, so I responded, I'm, I was critical to my child or I was critical to my wife or I was critical to my friend, whatever it was. I yelled at the person at the, at the restaurant that got my order wrong, right? So there's different ways that you can go about this. You can go, okay, what was I feeling right before I responded this way? What feelings are inside of me? What is going on? Is it, am I just frustrated? Am I angry about something? Am I feeling abandoned? Am I feeling lost? Am I feeling alone? And you've got to go, okay, well, what thoughts am I thinking? Listen, uh, Havilah Kennington, this is her quote from this book that I read, um, I Do Hard Things. She says that we think 60,000 thoughts a day, and most of them go unsupervised. We don't even know how negative our thinking is. It's Our mind is going nuts all the time. It's just thinking, 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 being critical of yourself, being critical of others, Constantly just that inner dialogue of thoughts. And though that inner dialogue of thoughts creates some pretty negative feelings, okay? And so you've got to ask yourself, what was the trigger event? Why do I think that way? You know, why, where did that come from? Where did I, why am I doing this? Um, somebody texted me this week and they said, because sometimes, especially for guys, and let me just tell you, guys, I know this isn't fun for you thinking about feelings, okay? Imagine that you're taking apart an engine, okay? It's that high tech, right? Or imagine that you're like doing surgery or something, okay? Because I, I, I know talking about feelings isn't fun, but this is like sorting. You guys love compartmentalizing things. We're compartmentalizing. Okay. So sometimes it's helpful when you've when you've done something, like you've been harsh or you've been critical towards someone, it's sometimes it's really helpful to go, especially for guys, you may need to identify the circumstance. Somebody texted me that this week. They're like, once I identified the circumstance and I knew the action because I couldn't figure out what I thought about it and I couldn't figure out what I felt about it. But once I got the action, I knew what I did and I knew what triggered me. And as soon as I got that, I was able to figure out then my thoughts and feelings. It was like bookends. Then I could figure out what was going on in the middle. So you can use this. It's very versatile. So you can go in any order that you want. You don't have to start from the beginning, but you do have to keep it in order and understand that one leads to the other, leads to the other, leads to the other. Okay. You can't switch that up. Because your feelings don't lead to your thoughts. Your thoughts lead to your feelings. I said this last week, and I mean no harm by it, but you can control your feelings. You can, you, the, a more true statement is, I don't yet know how. And I believe you, I believe that you don't yet know how. Um, and I'm helping you. That's what, this, that's what this tool can be used for. Okay, so one of the things that uh, I wanted to say as well, um, well, I talked about remember that anger or criticalness or harshness or bitterness is a secondary emotion. So we always feel that um, there's always a more vulnerable emotion behind that really powerful emotion. Okay, so anger comes along and says, because, uh, you know, we usually feel hurt, neglected, pain, whatever that is. We have a hard time identifying emotions and we don't like to. We don't even like to name them. We don't like pain. I avoid pain. I avoid pain. I avoided pain for years by doing drugs. 
and uh, that was my that was my coping mechanism. I finally discovered that I can no longer avoid pain. I have to walk through pain in order to have true peace. I've got to walk through it. Okay, so um, and I lost my thought on that, but it's cool. It's fine. Oh, anger. Okay, so anger comes along. We don't like negative emotions. We don't like negativity. We don't like we don't like uh, painful things. We want to feel in control. Powerlessness is a huge feeling that we hate. So anger comes along, uh, harshness, criticalness comes along and says, hey, I'm way more powerful than that. Let me help you. I'll help you out. And then you do that for too long. You've now partnered with demonic and you just don't even want to do that. Your unhealed soul is like a, it's a, um, I heard this said, it's a landing strip for the enemy to just come in and wreak havoc. Okay. So while you're doing this, this is a journaling thing. So while you're doing this, you're going, okay. So this is the thing that I did. This is probably what triggered it. I need to be honest with myself. What do I actually think? Not on your best day. Oh, I know the Christian version of what I'm supposed to say. Oh, I'm not offended. How many times do Christians are like, oh, I'm not offended. I just don't think it should have been done that way. Because we know that saying you're offended is like bad. Okay? Admit you're offended. And be honest about it. Wow, that offended my heart. That offended my heart. Why? What am I believing? What's in my heart? What's in there? Okay, so if, if it's a situation of like being harsh or being critical or being ang- whatever it is, you got to ask yourself, what do I actually believe about being harsh or being critical? Do I believe it gets me, it gets the job done? Do I believe that it works? Do I believe that encouragement and kindness don't get results? I'm just going to do what works. This is faster, it's easier. Kindness and encouragement is weak. And they'll never get it. You can't encourage somebody into being a better person. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Sure is biblical. Sure does sound like the whole New Testament. <laughs> so I want you to acknowledge if this criticalness is brewing all the time. And if it is, you probably need to get some emotional healing and deliverance because you've partnered with some ugly, ugly stuff. And there's probably some circumstances in your past, old memories, that have set that in motion. You now have a... Um, neuropathways ingrained that have to be dealt with. Okay, so the other thing that you've got to ask is, where did I learn this? Where did this come from? Really, where did I learn this? this? Was this generational? Was my dad critical, and so now I'm critical? And then ask, how is it affecting me and others around me? If I'm harsh and I'm critical all the time, what's that doing to the people around me? Yeah. People are at a distance. You're not safe to them. If you constantly hear the words like, you don't feel safe, or I don't feel like I can trust you, you know, things like that, it's, yeah, walking on eggshells. And then you've got to ask, is this affecting my influence? 
Is it affecting my ability to do what God's put me on this earth to do? Hanging on to this criticalness and this bitterness, is it worth it, right? Okay, so does that make sense? Okay, all right, so I will talk now about um, some other more, whatever, in nature topics. We're going to talk about sexual immorality and lust, okay? And um, so let's talk homosexuality for a minute. So those of you who weren't here last week, that is something that um, before I got saved, I, I was on drugs for years, um, eight from age 18 to 25. I got saved 18 years ago, I think. And um, during that time, I believe, I, I'd lived a, a bisexual lifestyle. And, um, and when I came to the Lord, I wasn't ready to let that go. I, I told the Lord that we'll talk about it later. I was like, you know what? I had such an encounter with you. You like delivered me from all these things. I love you. You're obviously really good. I'm just not sure about um, that part of me. So let's just talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> and, um, but here's the thing. Okay. The conflict between our new nature and our old nature, it only shows up when we're born again. Okay, so if someone doesn't have a new nature, if someone is not born again, all they have is their sin nature. Okay, so telling them certain truths about things that are in the Bible when they don't have a new nature, it's definitely going to be offensive. Okay, so those who identify as homosexual are simply believing a counterfeit um, to God's design. It's just simple. It's, it's very simply put. It's a misrepresentation of the mystery of Christ and the church being the bride and the bridegroom. The enemy has just taken that relationship and he's twisted it and it's that simple. But the homosexual community is not a special group of people that God hates. Right? They've missed it. They've missed the point of the mystery, but they don't get it because they don't have a new nature, right? Now, I do have a problem when we try to say we have a new nature and we try to say that that's blessed by God, okay? But again, if you are born again, if you are not born again with a new nature, it doesn't make any sense. So, but we have guidance in Galatians that tells us this is not our nature anymore. This is not who you are. So same-sex attraction can be dealt with the same way that any other sin is, criticalness and harshness. It, it can be done like this. Now, there, I, I do have to say this. There are uh, generational and spiritual things that are attached to it as well, so it's a little more complicated. Can be, can be. But the question that you've got to ask yourself is, why do I feel this way? What feelings am I feeling? And what thoughts am I thinking about this topic? Who did I let shape my view of sexuality? Have you guys heard of the rule of first mention? Chris Vallotton talks about this all the time. It's, it's the rule that says the first time that you hear about a topic it becomes your filter 
So every time you hear about that topic later in your life, you're going to filter it through that first introduction. So you better be the first one to talk to your kids about sex. Because the first conversation is going in as their filter. So you better talk about it early. The church is the best place for kids to hear about sex. And your home is the best, best place, the bestest. I should say church is second best, home is best. So for me, you know, we go into the thoughts. What thoughts do I think about it? For me, who did I let shape my view of sexuality? Pornography and the world. I did not, I was not raised in a Christian home. I did not have anybody telling me what it says. I never, my parents never had the sex talk with me. I became sexually active very early. Never had the conversation, wasn't even, wasn't even broached. Is that a word? I don't even know. (laughs) Feels right, you knew what I meant. The other question, the thoughts that you can, of, of, of talking about what is my belief system, what do I believe? What is the same sex relationship giving me that an opposite, that an opposite sex relationship isn't? And this can go several different directions. For me, it was about safety. I felt safer. Is that making sense? Okay. So let's talk about pornography. It's the same thing. The act of the flesh is in actions, and I guarantee you, you had a trigger event. Something happened. I got fired from work. I got into an argument. Something happened, and I got triggered because I believe that everyone in this room is trying to run away from pornography, that they're... they're, old dead nature and their new nature are in conflict and that their I pray that that new nature is winning now if it's not winning and even if it doesn't win sometimes even if it's once in six months I'm telling you right now it's because there's a belief system going on if you have done it there was a trigger And so you've got to figure out what are my thoughts and my feelings happening in between. Do I use this as a comfort? Anytime that anything ever happens, this is my go-to. Now, I I agree, sometimes we just get into habit, and I get that. It's just habit, it's just what we do, all that stuff. Neural pathways are set. Um, But so many times, it's like I'm stressed. I, you know, the thoughts that I think are... um, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so mad at them. I'm so offended. I'm so this. I'm so that. I feel powerless. I feel overwhelmed. I feel, you know, uh, abandoned. I feel rejected. So I need to feel better. I need to numb. I need to feel better. And this is where I go. Now, it's really important few things are important. One, you need to acknowledge your trigger event. And there might be some practical things that you need to put in place so that you don't get triggered. But the other thing is, is is checking your belief system. What do I actually believe about pornography? 
do I believe that no man can live a life pornography free? Do I really believe that? Like, you know, deep down. Do I believe that it is impossible to overcome? Every man struggles with it. It's just, you know, it's just every man struggles with it. I, there's, no, there's really no victory. It just is what it is. And I'm just going to have to deal with the shame of it. Do I believe a lie that watching porn is better than having sex with my boyfriend or girlfriend? You know, it's better that I do this than it is that I drag somebody else into sin with me. That's really sweet. (laughs) It is. It's not working out for you. You're bringing destruction to your body. There is a door number three. And that is freedom. Okay? All right. So another thing I want to say about um, pornography. So do I have it on here? Oh, I don't think I put it on my thing. Okay. Um, Psalm 41.4 says, As for me, I said, Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. When we sin, it wounds our soul. When we sin, it wounds our soul. Sexual sin, pornography, all of that stuff, it wounds our soul. We get attachment to people. Pornography, images burned in our soul. Right? So, so we've got to deal with the trauma. That first time, you were ever introduced, that rule of first mention, that first time, eight years old, nine years old, at my buddy's house, and something, something happened. Your soul was wounded in that time, and if you don't deal with it and care for your soul in that moment, take the time to renew your mind. The Lord wants to heal that. He wants to remove the shame from it. He wants you to forgive those people who exposed you or who hurt you. If I can't imagine my life without pornography, I won't have a life without pornography. If you can't imagine it, you won't get it. We're going to go over. Are you guys okay with that? Okay. <laughs> so um, it, we can do the same thing when it comes to, you know, going a little too far with our boyfriend or our girlfriend. Same thing. What thoughts are going through my head? What feelings? And I'm, ta- not, I'm not talking about the hormones. These are some of the thoughts that you might be thinking. We've gone too far to stop. I should do this so that he or she doesn't leave. It's fear, fear of abandonment. And we've got to check our belief system. What do I actually believe about sex? Do I believe that it's not possible to make it to my wedding night still a virgin? Do I think that that is an unrealistic expectation?
But acknowledge, and especially in this situation if you're dating someone, acknowledge your trigger event. You did go too far. Brush the shame off, okay? Acknowledge what thoughts was I thinking, all of that. I wasn't even thinking. My frontal lobe isn't fully developed. (laughs) Definitely wasn't thinking thoughts. But acknowledge your trigger event because you know what? Laying down on the couch watching a movie was probably not a good decision. You just might want to stop that. (laughs) Because remember, the conviction of the Holy Spirit says, hey, you're too awesome to be acting that way. You should probably rethink that. I need you to stop. Okay, so, and and we can use this tool. So we can use this tool. It's very versatile. You can use it for the grossest of sin or the the meaningless little actions that we think are not that big of a deal. The big thing that stood out for me when um, Eric was talking about, he was talking about discord. And I'm sitting there like, that's me. That was my um, sin of the flesh. That was my old man that was showing up, and he was talking about, like, within your marriage. You know, is there, like, a, I forget even how he said it, but here's how it showed up in my head, was, oh, wow, I do that with my husband. I will, you know, just fire back something in front of the kids, or, you know, try to be, you know, okay, does every marriage have this? You've got the, the strong disciplinarian parent, and then the one who's like, oh, it's fine, right? Am I the only one? No? Okay. So, and, um, but that creates discord. And when you, I'm telling you, the Lord showed me a while back, so I've been, uh, anyway, that when parents are not united on certain things, it is very critical because it, it, the way we view God, well, the way we view our parents is kind of how we, we put that reflection onto God. So it is important that we have this united front. And I realized I, I, was, I was doing it. And, um, but I didn't let shame hit me because remember, no shame. And I, <laughs> I started asking myself, why? Why do I do that? What feelings was I feeling? Helplessness. I hate pain, so I don't want my children to go through pain, right? So I was feeling helplessness, I was feeling frustrated. And what were the thoughts that I was thinking? Probably something like, oh, move out of the way, I got this, you know, or, or fear of, man, if you come down harsh like that, then this is going to happen or that's going to happen, you know, whatever it is that, that we do. But for me, it's more about control, I think. And so I realized, oh, that's something that I'm doing. My parenting style is just different, but I'm just not letting him do his way. It's not like it's necessarily wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm the holy one and he's the grumpy one. I don't mean that. Like, really, it's just he just does it differently than me. And I would not do it that way. And, and when I disagree, you know, like that publicly, in front of everyone. So, um, like I'm doing right now. Just telling you guys my whole life. Um, so, okay, so you can use it for, th- for that, for the, the tiniest of sins, tiniest of sins, to the, the most gross ones. You can use it for even witchcraft. When you think about witchcraft, 
that is, you know, we all have a desire for supernatural stuff inside of us. And when we're, when we're not seeking it from the Lord, we want that thing satisfied. So we try to get it satisfied through other ways. Jealousy is another one. Jealousy is the, is the feeling. And so we act a certain way because of it. We snub somebody or I'm not going to whatever they're doing because, you know. And it comes from fear, rejection, insecurity. If you notice that you are somebody who gets jealous, and again, that's another one of those things that we never want to admit when we're Christians. Oh, I'm not jealous. I'm super happy for them. Blessed. They're blessed. <laughs> be honest with yourself. And, 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 and to, to be fair, I, I will say that that because we didn't, I think that a lot of times we don't understand the conflict because your new nature isn't jealous. But your old dead nature is jealous. And you have to be honest and go, oh, well, look at that. I'm in conflict. I, I, I really need to admit, yep, I've resurrected that dead thing and I am jealous. My new nature isn't, but, but I am. And I need my mind renewed and I, I will take the time to renew my mind. You've got to sit down and figure out where this stuff comes from. If I'm jealous, is it because my brother or my sister got blessed their whole life and I was just the one who got nothing? I was the ugly duckling. Am I rejected, overlooked, misunderstood? Okay. So take a picture of this. This is your homework. And I'm telling you, if you don't do this in six months, I'm doing this teaching again. Okay? All right. Because we are going to renew our minds to the point of being congruent with our new nature. Do, do you believe that? I can renew my soul. I can heal my soul and renew my mind to the point where I am almost completely congruent with my new nature. I believe that. Okay, so the next thing that you do is, um, I don't know what you do. What do you do? Oh, <laughs> what's next? Okay. Repent. You repent. As you unveil and uncover the ugliness that you've partnered with, now that you realize, oh, that's my old dead nature, it's not so shameful to look at, right? It takes that shame away. You've got to repent and renounce its grip on your life. And repenting means you change your mind. It is not just an apology. If you continually sin or be critical or be harsh or whatever it is, and you just apologize, but you don't take the time to renew your mind, it is it repentance or was it an apology? And I believe that your heart wants to, but you, you have got to figure out. You, it will not stop if you don't figure out why you do what you do. Okay. So one by one, repent of the unrenewed mindsets that you have kept bound. Forgive those that helped you believe this way. Forgive yourself and go and repent to whom you've affected. Seek healing for past pain and trauma. 
If you can't figure out how to work this out, get he- sign up for emotional healing. Do something. Go to someone. Have someone walk you through this. Sometimes it's too painful, and we don't know where it came from. And then commit to learning a new skill of communication or parenting or whatever the Lord is asking. And I added this. This is not on there. Break agreement with the demonic. You know, if you realize, wow, I, it's probably rage at this point. You know, it's, ang- it's anger to the point of rage. You've probably partnered with the demonic. So as you're repenting, just be like, spirit of rage, you just have to go. Just go. <clears throat> and then step three, renew. Wow, that's teeny. Sorry. I was just trying to cram everything. Take a picture of that one. Step three. So go to work creating your new mindset. Begin to get truths from the word about how he feels about you, your situation, and your new nature. In the back, I actually, there's a piece of paper. We, we had this thing on Monday, and there was a guy named Mark Goins that came, and he left this piece of paper of declarations that you can do, and I made copies of it today, so you can just grab it as you're leaving. Begin to make declarations like, it is not my nature to sin. It is in my nature. It is my nature to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. I am more than an overcomer in Christ. I embrace the conflict when my spirit shows me that I've slipped into my old nature. I refuse shame and I embrace humility. I will take the time to renew my mind. So get truths and declarations from the Lord specifically about the struggle that you're overcoming and say them daily. So if your um, action has been, I'm harsh and critical, one of the new beliefs that you probably need to have is encouragement gets me better results. (laughs) Encouragement is a better way to correct people. Encouragement is a better way to communicate because the lie is really about encouragement. Okay, does that make sense? Are you understanding that? Okay. Because here's the thing, guys. Your family needs you to do this. They do. The family that you have now, the family that you're going to have in the future, young people, do this now. For the love of all things holy, do this now. <laughs> so that you're not coming in, in, in merging your life with someone who also has all this pain and all this unrenewed mind. Do it now. Your kids need you to do it. Your spouse needs you to do it. Your church needs you to do it. The Lord asks you to do it. I will take the time to renew my mind. And listen, leaders. How many leaders do I have in the room? You're like, yeah, I know I'm called to lead. I'm not really maybe leading anything, but I know I'm a leader. Oh, get more hands up right now. The people following you, need to see you enjoy. 
They need to see you having joy in your life. They need to see you with a prosperous heart. It's inspiring. Okay. So let's just, together, let's just deal with a little bit of pride. You guys good with that? Okay. So you can stay sitting because, you can stand if you want, but you can stay sitting because pride is a not fun to get rid of. You know, pride is a protection. It protects us. It's another one of those things that comes along and says, let me help you. This feel, humility feels so vulnerable. It feels so weak. I'll help you. So let's just start with repentance. Okay? So just repeat after me. Lord, I confess my sin for partnering with pride, for being critical, for being harsh, for not loving, for not renewing my mind. And then just take a minute to think about your thing. I think we all have a thing that, that we know that we do that the Lord's working on. And just take a minute and just repent of that. Like, Lord, I'm, I ask your forgiveness for getting angry at my kids. God, I ask your forgiveness for not doing what you asked me to do. Whatever it is, that thing, and just begin to just confess that before the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And ask the Lord, what, where does this come from? Where did I learn this? And when you get that, just say, Lord, I forgive that person. I release them. I forgive them. I break any generational ties, any generational curses associated with that. What do I actually believe about this thing? Is it helping me? Is it protecting me? And I want you to just pour out now all of your negative emotions onto the Lord. So just say, Lord, I surrender to you my brokenness. I surrender the pressure that I feel. Whew. Ooh, felt that. 
I surrender the pain that's in my soul. I surrender the trauma that is in my soul from the times that I've sinned and for those who have sinned against me. I surrender that to you, Lord. I give you the rejection. I give you the abandonment. I give you the heaviness. Surrender that to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for forgiveness. Shame has to go now in Jesus' name. Pride has to go now in Jesus' name. Any demonic protection of anger and bitterness, resentment, criticalness that has to go now in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I, I choose to believe your truth that I am your child. I'm your friend. I'm adopted. I'm in your family. I have a new nature. I've been forgiven. And because I've been forgiven, I am free to forgive others. I've not been given fear, but I've been given power and love and a sound mind. The evil one cannot touch me. I am his workmanship. I am more than an overcomer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to pray a blessing over you. So, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you. I thank you that your word says that we'll be in good health as our soul prospers. And so, Lord, right now, I just pray that every bit of that trauma is just released from their bodies, that it flees right now in Jesus' name. At every time, every place where sin has corrupted, that that be healed right now in your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that trauma is being healed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I just pray a blessing right now. Lord, would you fill them up from the top of their head to the bottom of your feet with the truth of who you are and who they are. And Lord, as all of these negative emotions have been surrendered to you, Lord, I thank you, God, that bodies are beginning to be healed. I thank you, Lord, that headaches are being released. They're, they're, they're fleeing right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that tension is going. I thank you that... Um, even swelling and, 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 and pain is leaving the body right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Whew, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Yes, pain is leaving now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Backs are being healed. Necks are being healed right now in Jesus' name. We need to repent of control. Lord, I repent for partnering with control. Thank you, Lord. And I refuse to believe that it helps me. It has to go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you that right now backs and necks are being healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I just thank you for the blessing. I just ask that you would pour out your blessing and your spirit on everyone in this room, that they would feel your presence, they would feel your tangible presence, and they would walk out of here in full awareness of their new nature and how to renew our minds to be congruent with it. Thank you, Lord. How to walk in our new nature. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless these people. Bless them with your healing touch. Bless them with your love and your power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.